is doing. And so tonight we are continuing our study and our series on in the uh, in the book of John. We started last week talking. Uh, we started our introduction on the Gospel of John. Uh, we introduced you to the book of John. We introduced you to the writer. Uh, John the Beloved, and we got through the first two verses of chapter 1. And uh, so um, I'm not going to do much of a recap tonight. There is just so much that that we went over just last week in those first couple of verses. Uh, So I'm not going to do a lot of a recap tonight. Um, I was thinking today, um, I've already gotten all the way through the end of chapter 3, already mapped out and studied out and and what have you. Uh, And at this rate, we will probably be in the book of John on Wednesday nights for approximately probably about six months. Um, Because I'm not going to rush through this. Uh, I believe there are just some rich truths that we need to see in here. So... If you uh, if you miss a Wednesday night, if you're and you're not able to be here, uh, you can always uh, you can always catch up. Um, I know some of you are already listening to everything on uh, on my uh, on the podcast and everything like that that I do. Um, I'm actually recording that right now as I'm as I'm as I'm talking. And, uh, and so if you miss a Wednesday night, if you're not able to be here, or if you want to get, or if you just want to get called up and go back and listen to some of that, um, that is, that's available to you. So let's begin. Let's go to the book of John chapter number one, and we're going to begin reading at verse number three here in just a moment. Last week, as we talked about, we talked about how that, how that. John begins to write about the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And we talked about how the Word is Jesus Christ. And uh, and so let's begin in verse number 3. And let's begin to read. We're going to read verses 3 through 5. Uh, tonight we're going to expound upon that just a little bit, and then if we have time to move on uh, from that, then we'll move on. So, uh, John chapter number one, begin reading at verse three. The Bible says, "And all things were made by Him, and through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. And in Him was life; in the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness; in the darkness." comprehended it not. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, that you would just bless your word, Lord. God, that you would just touch us, Lord God, that you would anoint our ears to hear what you are saying to us tonight. And Father, whenever cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all, in Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen. And Amen. So the Bible says that all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. The Word created the Word, and we talked about last week that who is the Word? The Word is Jesus Christ. It is God the Son, and He is much God as God the Father. He is much God as God the Holy Spirit. 
And the Word created all things that were created. So whatever you see, the fact that this earth exists, the fact that that the galaxies and the stars were spoken into existence. It was all because of the Word. It was all because of Jesus Christ. And therefore, He Himself, the Word, is an uncreated being. We had talked about that. We talked about that last week and how that He was before all things, that He is the Alpha and that He is the Omega, that He is the beginning and the end. He is the first and the last. And and the Word has no beginning and it has no end. And so He created all things. In Genesis 1 and 1, when the Bible says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was out form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light. The Word began to speak. And when He said, let there be light, there was light. In Genesis 1 and 1, God is said to have created all things. And in this verse, Christ is said to have created them the same The same spirit that spoke in all of this created everything. And the Bible says in him was life. The word Jesus Christ. And we have to understand that whenever we talk about the word, we are speaking of the son. We are speaking of Jesus Christ. And the word is the source of all life. Not just biological life, but He is the very principle of life. As a matter of fact, when the Bible says that He is, that in Him was life, it is the ancient Greek word that is translated, that, that is, the ancient Greek word Zoe, that means that He is the life principle. That the reason why there is life is because He exists. The only reason right now that we are sitting here today is the thing that holds everything together is the Word. The Bible says that He upholds everything by the Word of His power. And we have to understand that everything that was created is upheld by the Word of God. Which in this word, Zoe, means that it is the life principle, not bios, which means biological life. That the power which creates life and maintains all else in existence was in the Word. Again, we have to understand, and I know I'm talking fast tonight, but there is just so much for us to cover here tonight. But the fact is, is that when God speaks, He upholds it by the word of His power. I was talking to Pastor Pastor not too long ago, and I said, here is what is interesting. I'm a a science nerd. I'm a science geek. When When I taught middle school, that's what I taught. I taught science. And we, when we talk about the basic building block of life, which is the atom, and we break that down, you have the proton, you have the neutrons, you have the electrons, you have all of that. And we were always taught that the smallest part of the atom was what, we, what is what we called the nucleus. But science has discovered in recent years that there's actually an element that is actually smaller than the nucleus. And it is what is called the core. 
And it is light waves. It is light that is held together by sound. So that when Jesus said, let there be light, there was light. And he held it all together by the power of his word. We need to understand right now before we go any further tonight that we serve an awesome God. We serve a God that spoke the stars into existence. And Job said that when he spoke the stars into existence that the stars sang together to give glory and honor to the Lord. Amen? And the Bible says that the life, this life, was the light of men. This life is the light of men. Speaking of spiritual light as well as natural light. And it isn't that the word contains life and light. But the word is life and light. You see, you can't have life apart from the word. You can't have life apart from God. You can't have light shine upon your path apart from the word. Do you know that when David said that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. David wasn't talking about this. David was talking about the pre-existent, the, 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 the living, breathing word, the spirit of God. And the fact that we need to understand that it is not that the word contains life. He is life. He is life. That's the reason why he, that he could stand up. Jesus could stand up and he could say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It is not that He contains truth. He is truth. It is not that He contains the way. He is the way. It is not that He contains life. He is life. Because by Him all things consist. And without Him there wasn't anything made that was made. And that's why we got to understand. We have to, this, this, the world has to understand that apart from Him we are nothing. And matter of fact, Jesus said that. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Somebody told me one time, said, Brother Jeremy said, said you, you use your faith, you use God as a crutch. And I said, no, I said, he's not my crutch, he's my everything. Because I can't even walk unless he's holding my hand. I can't, even, I can't even get up in the morning unless he gives me the ability to get up. Why? Because in him was Life. You see, therefore, without Jesus, we're dead. Without Jesus, we're dead and in darkness. We are lost. And that word lost is, it is something that is unique. Whenever that you, in the New Testament, whenever you come across the word lost, as a matter of, uh, it is not... It is not that okay. Well, like we misplaced our car keys and we let and we lost our car keys and we don't know where and we don't know where that they are at. The word "lost" in the New Testament means utterly and completely deprived, lost, with no hope to ever be found. And apart from this life, apart 
from the Word, apart from who God is, we are in darkness and we are lost. Significantly, man has an inborn fear toward both death and darkness. The Bible then goes on to say, and the light shines in darkness. And the darkness does not comprehend it. Now when we see this word comprehend, it is not the word that we normally associate with comprehension, meaning understanding. But what the Bible is actually saying here is that when the light begins to shine in darkness, darkness cannot overcome the light. When God begins to shine His light, when God begins to shine the light in dark paths and in the darkness of our heart and the darkness of the world, we need to understand something. We need to understand that darkness cannot overcome light. That's the reason why Jesus said upon the rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We have to understand that wherever the light goes, darkness has to go away. It is not just an intellectual thing. It is that it is the fact that when, when light begins to shine, when the light of God begins to shine in dark places, darkness always has to flee. There's no place for darkness to stand when Jesus walks into the room. There's no place that darkness can hide when the light begins to shine. And we need to understand that. When, 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 we, when we think about everything that the church is facing and everything that the church has to go through, we need to understand that the life and the light that resides in us by the Word of God, we've got to understand something, that the darkness can't overcome what's in the inside of us. Ah. I feel like preaching right now. Because we got to understand there's too many of us. Too many of us. Too many Christians that walk around defeated so much. Too many Christians that walk around with no joy, no peace, no happiness in their lives. And they think that everything's falling apart. But can I tell you that the Bible says that if you have this life residing on the inside of you, that it doesn't matter what comes against you, it cannot overtake you. That's why Paul said that we're cast down, but we're not destroyed. We may be perplexed, but we're not utterly cast down because we're looking at things that are eternal. We're not looking at things that are temporal. And I want to tell somebody in this house tonight that we are overcomers because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Can somebody say amen? Comprehend. The Greek verb here means that it cannot be overcome. Darkness was upon the face of the deep according to Genesis 1 and 2 when God called light into being. And we see at the very outset in creation that God holds power over darkness. Yes. So the new creation 
involves the banishing of spiritual darkness by the light which shines in the Word. Ah, uh, can I tell you, if you feel like that you're walking in darkness, get a hold of the Word. If you feel like, and listen, I, 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 I said this at the church that I was at Sunday morning when I, when I was preaching. And I said, I, I, I'm thankful, I'm afraid, I'm thankful for, for, for worship, I'm thankful for music, and I'm thankful for all of that. But I'm afraid that we have moved away, that we have moved into an area where worship and, and, and music and songs supersede the Word of God. I'm going to tell you something. Singing a song, it doesn't matter if it's contemporary, it doesn't matter if it's praise and worship, it doesn't matter if it's Southern Gospel or anything like that. It, it doesn't take place out of getting the Word on the inside of you. Because I want to tell you, when you feel like the hell is coming against you, it's, it's good to sing a song. It's good. Songs can make us feel good. But I tell you, Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness and all of hell was coming against him, he didn't sing, let's have a little talk with Jesus. He didn't sing. He didn't sing, how great thou art. What he did was he reached back and he got him a handful of the word when he encountered the darkness that tried to come against him. And he said, it is written when he came when he came across people who were demon possessed. What did he do? He spoke the word. What he did was he grabbed a hold of the word. And we need to understand. And we saw that from the very beginning. In uh, we saw that in the very beginning in Genesis, because the Bible says that chaos. If you begin to un un unpack that and look at it, you'll see that when the Bible says that darkness was upon the face of the deep, that word darkness actually means chaos. That word darkness means upheaval. That word darkness means that there was a chaotic time. But when God stepped out and He spoke into existence light, darkness had to flee. It is not. It, it is. It is not the role of the church to, to live in darkness. We have seen the light. And my God, we need to understand that every time where we go, you can walk into some of the darkest hell holes that Powell County may have. But if we have the Word of God living only inside of us, the darkness has to flee. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. So much more that I could say there, but let's move on. Verse number 6. Let's read. Bible says that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. And this man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. Scripture says that there was a man sent from John. John the Baptist, this is who this is. John the Baptist is different from the author of the Gospel of John. But John the Baptist bore witness of the light that all through him might believe, the Bible says. The work of John the Baptist was deliberately focused on one thing. And that was bringing people to faith in Jesus. There's a lot of people in ministry. There's a lot of people in ministry for different reasons. And I'm just going to be honest with you. If you know the right people, ministry is a good career move. And there are people that are making a killing in ministry right now. But here's the thing. 
our sole purpose in everything that we do as a church, as a body, as an individual should have this purpose. That we bring people to Christ. Right. Amen. I'm not here to put another name on the church roll. I'm not here so that we can get more tithe payers. I'm not here so that we can build a bigger, uh, bigger buildings and everything. All those things can be good. All those things can be great. All those things can be lovely. But if we are not bringing people to Christ, we have failed. And John the Baptist here, his sole focus was to bring people to faith in Jesus. The Bible says that he was not the light. But he was sent to bear witness of the light. John the Baptist's work was remarkably well received and widely known. People would come out and, and listen to him. And it was important for John the Gospel writer to make it clear that John the Baptist was not the light. But he pointed people towards the light. You see, we got a lot of superstars. In churches today, we got a lot of celebrities in Christendom today. And, 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 I, and I hear, I grew up in a home, and, and I used to hear my mom say all the time, you know, well, if I could just get to, if I could get to a service with this preacher, if I could get to a service with that preacher, if I could get here, if I could get there, then I could get, then I get. And what happens is, is that when we begin to put our faith in something other than the true word. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to behave myself, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. There, there's there's a very prominent minister right now uh, that has a has a television ministry and everything. If I called if if I if I called his name, you know you you would know who he was. But I was scrolling through Facebook today and I just happened to 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 see. He goes, you know, well, if you want your miracle. If you want your miracle, if you'll, if you'll send your prayer request, I'll send you a prayer cloth so that you can get your miracle. But you can only get your miracle if you send it to me. And I'm going to tell you something. That's a very dangerous place. Because what we ought to be as pastor, associate pastor, evangelist, missionary, whatever it is, is not to bring glory to ourselves that right. we may have something. Right. But it's for us to point to the one that can change the hearts and lives. Listen, I don't have to have credit for anything. I'm not in the business to receive glory and honor. And that was what we were trying, that's what the writer was trying to point out about John the Baptist is that he was not the light, but his purpose was to point people toward. The light. Let's look at verse number 9. Verse number 9 says, That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own received him not. Let's break that down. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. John did not mean that the Word gives us light to everyone in the ultimate saving sense. 
He meant that the reason why anyone is born into the world with any love or care or goodness at all is because of the true light and the light He gives to the world. The reason why there's anything good about any of us, if there's anything good about us, it is because of the light that has shined into us. The Bible says that the world did not know Him. This is strange. Because God came to the same world He created. To the creatures made in His image. As a matter of fact, it's amazing when you begin to study it out that you and I are made just a little lower than the angels. As a matter of fact, we are the only created beings that the Bible says is created in the likeness of God. Yet the world didn't know Him. We bear the resemblance of Him. Because we have been made in the likeness of Him. But the world did not know Him. What this shows is how deeply fallen human nature rejects God. And that many reject and do not receive God's Word and His light. It says that He came unto His own. We can actually translate that to say He came home. It is the exact expression used of the beloved disciple when in response to Jesus' word from the cross, He took Mary to His own home. When the word came to this world, He did not come as an alien. He came home. He came to a people that He created. I want you to think about that. He came, when we get to John chapter 3, there's so much that we'll unpack there. But He came to people that He loved. People that bore His image. He didn't come to a strange place. He wasn't, he wasn't an outsider. He came home. But it is said of His own that they did not know Him. Not that they didn't know Him, but they didn't receive Him. And that's the thing. And I got to thinking today as I was going over that. As I was thinking about that, and we think about that in the term of like salvation, we give an invitation, we ask people to accept Jesus But I got to thank you today. I wonder how many times that God and the Spirit of God walks into a service and He comes into His own. But we don't receive Him. That's that's sombering to think. Especially in an age where I hear so much that we clamor for revival. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we clamor for a move of God. 
But what happens? How often does the Spirit of God come into our midst? He comes into His own. But unfortunately, His own doesn't even receive it. This little word knew not Christ. Didn't know Him. Did not receive Him. He came to His own and they didn't receive Him. But listen to what verse number 12 says. But as many as received Him. To them gave He the right, gave Him the power to become children of God. To those who believed in His name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. There were those that didn't receive Him when He came into their midst. But the Bible says, but as many as received Him, to them He gave power to become the children of God who believed. There were some that rejected this revelation. Others received and thereby became children of God. And as many as they received, it's valid to say that we can receive Jesus Faith is described as receiving Him. Gave them power to become children. That word children actually means born ones. It emphasizes vital origin and is used as a term of endearment because believers are God's little ones. They are His children. And here's the thing. My children can come to me. And they can ask for things. And because I love my children. I will grant to them. Their request. And the Bible says that. It was this revelation. Is not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. They were born of God. It's not of human achievement. Here, this new birth is something that brings change to a life. I'm getting ready to close. Spurgeon said the man is like a watch. Which has a new mainspring, not a mere face and hands repaired, but new inward machinery with, with freshly adjusted works, which acts to a different time and tune. Whereas he went wrong before, now he goes right because he's right within. And that is what the power of God does. When we, when the light shines in darkness, 
We know that darkness cannot comprehend, cannot overcome when light begins to shine. And when we receive Him, He does an inward change in us that changes everything. Paul said, put it like this, that if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And we have to understand this. The power of God to change somebody that believes in Him. I'm getting ready to close, but I want to say this. I'm, I'm... under, understand where my heart is at when I say this. We, we kind of live in a time and an age where we just say, okay, we'll come down to the front and say this prayer after me and then and, and that's it. And I, I guess I understand the heart behind that. But when we get into John chapter 3 and we talk about being born of the Spirit, The thing about being born of the Spirit is it creates a whole new way of life on the inside of you. And the Bible says to many as received Him gave He power. Not our power. We couldn't do it in and of ourselves. You know, we can give up habits. We can give up different vices. We can, we can at times decide to turn over a new leaf. But until the Spirit comes and does the work, it's all for nothing. Because it is the Spirit of God that brings about the real change in a person's life. How many are thankful tonight that we have power to become the sons of God? I am so thankful for that. I am so thankful that I don't have to be afraid of the darkness because the life and the light resides on the inside of me. Uh, I'm trying to behave myself. I'm, I'm, I'm over time, but give me just, give me just a second. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Can I just be honest and candid? I, I, I'm tired of the church, and, and we just came out of it just a couple of weeks ago. I'm tired of the church every October 31st, thinking that we got behind, we got to hide behind closed doors somewhere because if we step out. If we step outside on that day, somehow or another, the boogeyman is going to get us. But I want to tell you something. I don't care what day it is. I can step out in the middle of the darkest time. And if the light's on the inside of me, as David said, the Lord 
is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And of whom shall I be afraid? I'm going to tell you something. I'm not afraid of the boogeyman. I'm not afraid of Satan. Because, as I said before, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I'll never forget this. Let me, I, I, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to wrap this up, but there's just so much that I want to share with you. A friend of mine that pastors a church, a very large church, there was a lady that came into his church that claimed to be that was calling herself a prophetess and was trying to disrupt some things that were going on there and finally he had he had to have that all important meeting with her in the office and he called her into the office and said there's some things that we need to that we need to uh, we need to address and there's some things that we need talk about and he says the first thing that you need to understand ma'am is is that we have a hierarchy here at this church and she said well I'm I'm a prophetess and so that puts me that puts me above everything else and he goes no 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 he goes "I, I think you're misunderstanding me we have a hierarchy here And we submit to the name that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's who's the head of this church. And she looked at him and said, I also submit to that name. And he grinned and looked at her and said, good. So now that we know what we're dealing with here now, We can move on. Because what he did at that moment. Is he confronted the spirit. That was there. And as he was sharing with me that story. He said listen. There's something that you need to take away from that. And you need to understand this. And I said what is that? He goes. You need to understand that whenever that you encounter the forces of darkness. What's in you. Is power more powerful than what's in them. And you've got to understand that. And you don't have to. You don't have to. Shriek back. And, and go into hiding. Because God has given you. Authority. And power. In the name of Jesus. How many here tonight are thankful. Because of the light. And the life. That lives on the inside of you. Can we stand all over this house tonight. I want us to pray. And then I'm going to turn it back over to Pastor. Father, I thank you tonight. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word that brings life and that brings light to us. I thank you that according to your word, the darkness cannot overtake. Cannot overtake this light that lives on the inside of us. I thank you, Lord God, that you use us to point people to you, that points people to the light. And Father, as we go about 
the rest of our week, Lord. I pray that you would be with us, Lord. Help us to be that light, that city that is set upon a hill that cannot easily be hidden. And let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify God. And Father, we'll never cease to give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church says, Amen and Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise.